0: Erev everybody, welcome to our next installment of our series of Shi'orim on the book of Mishlei. Tonight's class is uh, dedicated by Mr. and Mrs. Henri and Chantal O'chayon in memory of his father, Mr. Yishai Tzion O'chayon Zichron Yivracha whose Nahala uh, was his past Shabbat. T'in hafshot Tzorah in the words of Torah we say tonight bring an aliyah to his neshama. And of course, we are going to have some very powerful words by Shlomo HaMelech continuing what he started last week. And last week was the the beginning of the uh, of, let's call it the warning of the commandment to have every person hear the discipline of their father and not forsake the teaching of their mother because that's so important. But Today we're going to learn Pesukim, which seems to be um, less discreet, more powerful, more powerful, more in-your-face in uh, type of language by Shlomo HaMelech to his readers, to his followers, and uh, the people that are seeking chokhmah, that are seeking Musar, and all the wonderful things that this book sets out to do. We are on pasuk Yud, that is uh, verse 10, if you are following in your own Sefer. Uh, and we're going to do a few Pesuki, more than average, uh, tonight. At, uh, we're going to cover a little bit of ground. So Shlomo, Shlomo HaMelech is continuing his message to his son, uh, or son being the student. And he writes in pasuk Yud, Benny, my son, If the sinners, if the sins entice you, do not consent. Man's inclination, his natural inclination is yetzer is to is to evil. Ki yetzer min like we said previously, a person's inclination from already his youth is that of evil. He's susceptible to those enticements of the people who advocate sin. So Shlomo Melech is warning his son or the students that are reading his book, the readers, that should the sinners seek to persuade you to join them and to follow their ways, don't consent, don't listen to what they have to say. To say. The Vilna Gaon, he elaborates on this warning, that those who entice other people to sin in glowing terms are are, are, are may exponentially blowing up the transgression. In yeshiva, I was taught by my rabbi that a person whose machati et arabim A person, not who sins, who causes other people to sin, there there is no there is no there's a special place in Gainam for that person. So these individuals who are ignore the lifestyle of the ad of kidusham and righteousness, it is it is futile to even enter into discussion, into dialogue with these people. Don't even consent, don't even come close. Because these people are not going to discuss Kedushah, they're not going to discuss Mitzvot, because they themselves don't observe a Torah lifestyle. And it's it's without doubt that the only thing that they seek in life is to involve other people in sin. And even when a person knows he's right, and he knows that the his adversary's position is incorrect, and it's absolutely false. So Ma'amelech is saying you could still be negatively affected when you hear... Your counterpart's arguments. You know, there's a famous in Masechet Sota that when Yosef and his brothers came to Me'arata Machpelah to bury their father Yaakov Avinu, Isav met them at the Kever, at Me'arata Machpelah, and was claiming that the plot was his. He was claiming that was his. And the brothers responded, It's not true that our father Yaakov rightfully purchased this plot from you during the sale of the of, the, uh, uh, of uh, in, in parashat uh, Toldot the sale with the uh, lentils so on and so forth that uh, and we even have a deed, we even have a contract here to prove this that Yaakov Avinu is the rightful owner of this uh, of this plot. Esab says, oh yeah, I want to see the contract. I want to see the deed. The problem was that the contract was left in Mitzrayim because that's where Ben we were living. They were living in Eretz Goshen. It was back in Mitzrayim. So what did they do? They sent Naftali. Naftali was the quickest, uh, the speediest of the brothers to go bring the deed. And in the meantime, the burial is delayed. This is Ebushah to the Niftar. Yaakov Avinu is there. He's dead. He's not alive. And we can't bury him because uh, Esav is making this protest. The Gemaras writes that Husim was the son of Dan and he was deaf. And he was unable to follow the conversation. And he asked, I guess in sign language, or maybe he spoke, maybe he was able to speak. He says, what's going on over here? Why, is, why isn't the funeral proceeding? Why are we burying our, my grandfather, Yaakov? I mean, what's going on? So he was made to understand what was happening, that uh, Isav is putting this protest, he wants to see the deed, and says, you mean to say that until my brother, until my uncle Naftali comes back from Egypt, my grandfather Yaakov is going to lay here and stay, and not be buried in disgrace. So Gemara says that Chushim, the son of Dan, he took a stick and he beheaded Aisav, and we know that Aisav's head rolled into the kever of Yitzhak Avinu. Rav Chaim Shmuleves asks a question. He says, why was it that Chushim, the son of Dan, was the only bystander to protest? All the other brothers of the Shiftei Yisrael were there. There were dozens of other cousins watching this. Why was Husim the only one that took a stick and chopped off uh, the, the head of Esav and not let this continue? So Chaim Shmalev et Zecher Tzadik explains that the rest of the family was involved in the verbal exchange with Esav. And despite the fact that they vehemently disagreed with what Esav was saying, but once they heard their impre- his, his arguments, once they heard what he felt, those lies it left a mark upon them. Even though it wasn't true, they stopped to think about. Oh, one of them maybe has a point, or but should we listen to him more? Should we wait to see uh, uh, officially till the deed comes? And therefore, they couldn't respond. They couldn't act. But since Husim was deaf, and he never heard Esav's lies, only he therefore was not blinded to the truth, and he was able to take appropriate action. The effect of Ra, the effect of Rish'ut, of evil, can cause irreparable spiritual harm. And even if one's intention is just to refute the arguments of evil, the fact that you are exposed to it, it's like COVID-19, it just spreads out in the air, you're there, you don't even know where it's coming from, but it's in the room, that that can be fatal. It can be something that... Uh, uh, it can affect you a certain harm that you can't take back. This is what Shlomo HaMelech is saying in this pasuk: Don't even consent. Don't even engage in conversations with the evil doers because all they're seeking is to drag you in, and it's going to continue along along this theme. In fact, David HaMelech, one can argue that Shlomo HaMelech learned this from David from the first few pesukim of Sefer Teilim: "Ashrei alach ba'atzat the first steps into in uh, in life is to stay away from those people who seek evil, the path of the wicked, and all and the, the path of the scoffers. And only then, you can't engage in chokhmah like we like we like we're referring to here in the Sefer. You can't seek wisdom and intelligence. The the of the Torah. When a person is in the vicinity of people that are evil, first you have to distance yourself from that. You need social distancing. You need physical distancing as much as you can from these individuals, and only then, and only then, can a person seek the chokhmah that he is uh, that he's looking for. So that's what he mentions in pasuk yud, in pesukim yud aleph to yud dalid, eleven to fourteen. Shlomo Amalech is um, is giving us the the the, in, the actual enticement. What are these sinners going to tell this innocent individual, and we're going to call them innocent, this individual to entice them to sin? And then Pasuk uh, Tetvav, verse 15, is going to be the, um, the warning to avoid the ways. And then 16 to 19 will be um, the disastrous consequences that will come as a result if someone was to indeed uh, follow the footsteps of these uh, of these reshaim. So let's read let's read a few pesukim. Yud-al-f to yud-al-f. This is what Shlomo Amalek says. If they say to you, "Come with us," again, these are the reshaim telling the 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 innocent uh, the tzaddik, "Come with us. Let us wait in ambush for bloodshed. Let us lurk." For an innocent one, without cause, clearly seeking to murder the individual. Pasuk Yud-Bet kish'ol chayim utminim ki Like the grave, let us swallow them alive while they are whole, like those descending to the pit. Pasuk gimel Kolhon yakar nimsa nemale batenu shalal They then move from murder to robbery. We will find all the precious wealth when we fill our houses with shalal, with yelechulanu. cast your lot among us, there will be one pouch for all of us. The Chachamim explain why Shlomo HaMelech addresses the sin of murder first, and then afterwards the sin of robbery, of geneva or gezela. The Vilna Gaon says that there's two types of Yetzarah, there's two types of evil inclination. There's one of anger, of kaas, and one of lust. Lust is ta'avah. Uh, we mentioned this in a previous uh, shiur. The 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 Ten Commandments, list murder as the outgrowth of anger. When a person gets angry, if he if that anger intensifies uh, further, it can, God forbid, lead to a person to murder murder an individual. Shalom the, the commandment of murder comes before that of adultery. Adultery, uh, which is an outgrowth of lust, it comes before tignov, which is also uh, uh, stealing or kidnapping. So Shlomo Amelech says that is following this pattern. First, he wants to talk about this concept of them enticing you to to bloodshed, and then that of, of robbery. The Malbim explains differently. He says, when you want to teach your son something, or you want to uh, 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 give your, your child or your student Musar and direct him on the right path. When a father admonishes his son, he begins by giving the obvious example. He begins by giving him the, um, the unquestionable truth, something that a child can easily understand. For example, murder is something that can easily be understood. It's universally understood by everyone that when you join a group of murderers and robbers, it's evil. Because murder is naturally repulsive to man. Even a child can understand that to, to take the life of somebody else is incorrect. He may understand a little bit less that of robbery. Um, and that's why, you know, the, Rav Moshe Feinstein famously says, why is it that we begin teaching children the uh, the gemara of masechet uh, ba-metziah, elu That's uh, the laws of giving back lost objects. So Rav uh, Rabbi Moshe Feinstein says, because children from a young age need to know what belongs to them and what doesn't belong to them. Sometimes they have difficulty understanding what belongs to them and what doesn't. So therefore, for a child, maybe a little bit less. That's why children always take things from each other. It's hard, right? They may understand murder easy. So murder is the first thing that, that Somal Melech is warning us about. And then he talks about robbery. Um, others want to say that, listen, we know the rule. That a person who saves one life is as if he saves the in insa- the entire world, and so too, if a person destroys one soul, then it's as if he de- he he destroyed the entire world. So it's it would be appropriate to begin with uh, his warning to that of the children of not um, following um, towards bloodshed. So let's look at the psukim a little bit more deeply. <inaudible> if they say, "Come with us, let us uh, wait uh, in ambush for bloodshed." These criminals plan to kill innocent people. We'll see what innocent means uh, soon. And they plan to rob them of their wealth, says Rashi. You entice one to join them. Uh, they, 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 What are they saying? You know, you don't have to be part of the murder. No one's saying you actually have to shoot the guy in the head. No one's saying you have to stab him in the chest. But just join us. Join us. Be a part of it. We'll wait in ambush. That's why I said we'll wait in ambush for... Um, uh, in order for 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 the blood um the in other words the yetzer that will never out front come and say go and kill a guy or out front say go punch your friend in the face he'll say you know what speak up harshly and he'll he'll incite the anger he'll spark the anger slightly and before you know it you're full blown and you're red right in the face and you may need to punch the person and if you had a knife you may need to stab the individual. The Yetzirah is never going to put in your mind, go and stab the person. It starts small. This is what these people are saying. Come, come, come. Just be with us. Be with us in the surrounding. You know, let's wait in ambush. No one's telling you that you have to murder the guy. But but watch us. And that will lead him to worse and worse things. Rashi says that the word Hinnam here... Means without co- that means without cause is actually not said by the murderers without cause. The Chachamim is are explaining Shlomo Menach is saying that without cause means these these murderers have no excuse for their actions. Uh, um, uh, there are murders that happen in life that are come out of out of revenge, but but a lot of times murders are just you know wrong place at the wrong time. These people are just going towards the innocent people. You know we will hide an ambush. And spill the blood of an innocent person, even though this individual didn't do anything wrong. And Rabbanu Yonah says that that evil people single out the innocent. Why? Because they hate them so much. That demonstrates the level of sinam by the by the evil person to an individual who did nothing nothing wrong. Um, the the evil person cannot comprehend the elevated holy lifestyle of of the innocent. And the innocent here is, is in reference to the tzaddik. Their hate is a reflection of the disappointment that they have with themselves. You know, there's a gemara in Masechet Pesachim, a very small gemara that most people aren't aware of because you tend to think of Rabbi Akiva as one of the greatest individuals to ever live. And he is, indeed, one of the greatest individuals to ever live. But people forget who, who Rabbi Akiva was before the age of 40. The Gemara actually gives us a little tidbit of who Rabbi Akiva was. Very short Gemara, I want to read it for you. The Gemara says, Tanya, it was learned in Abraita. am Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva said, Samarti. When I was an ama'aretz, when I was an ignorant man, meaning this is before he started learning Torah, when he was just a shepherd, you know what he used to say? He would say the following line, who will give me a Torah scholar so that I may bite him like a donkey? The students told Rabbi Akiva, this is right, because he's repeating this once he's older, but he's saying that this is what I used to say when I was young. So the students told him, Rabbi, emar why didn't you say, I will bite him like a dog? Why? That makes more sense. The dog is more of a, an animal that is prone to bite someone. Not, not, not a donkey. But yet Rabbi Akiva says, Bring me a trivamichacham so I will bite him like a donkey. So what Rabbi Akiva answered them? Why did he choose the metaphor of the donkey? laen shover ve ze The difference between the bite of a donkey and the bite of a dog is that when a dog bites, it doesn't break a bone. It just penetrates the skin, but it can't break the bone. It doesn't have that force. But the bite of a donkey, although it doesn't do it often, has the ability to break bones. So I was looking up this gemara, and uh, it's interesting that I saw in the Anyakov written that the gematria of the word etzim, bone, is 200. 200 is the ac- is reish, is the acronym for rebi. When you write uh, rebi is haq or Rabbi Moshe, or Rabbi Aaron, it's Reish, right? Any mention of a Reish, of a Rabbi, was, I want to break his bone. That's what Rabbi Akiba was. That's who he was for the first 40 years of his life. This immense hatred for tamidecha Chachamim, that was like the donkey that wanted to break the bones. The Benichai writes on this Gemara, something very powerful that I wanted to share with you. He writes it in Ben Yol and he says, he quotes the Arizal, and he writes that Rabbi Akiva Hayash shorsho Yisachar. Rabbi Akiva actually came from the neshama of Yisachar, of of um, uh, uh, the, the son of Yaakov Avinu. And we know that what's written about Yisachar, what was the bracha that Yisachar got from Yaakov? Yisachar chamor got him. Was, Yisachar was was loaded, loaded like the chamor, who's able to take the load. So what is the chachamim? How did the chachamim explain this gemara? She kibel alav ol Torah lemasoi Talmudo. Rabbi Akiva, after the age of forty, he was able to shoulder an, an immense weight of Torah on him, like a chamor is able to carry. This because he came from isachar chamor gamer. Got him. and we know that isachar is the tribe of limut Torah. He's the of tribe of the, of the study of Torah. Lachen Rabbi Akiva That's why Rabbi Akiva when he was, even when he was a shortish of Yisachar, when he was an Am he was before the, uh, the age of 40, he wasn't able to remove that negativity from him, that neg- negative shell that was surrounding him. He wanted to represent the Hamor in a damaging way, the way Hamorim damage, which is through its bite which is the biting, the exact opposite of what Yisachar represents. Yisachar represents that of limu Torah, and when Rabbi Akiva, before he became Rabbi Akiva, and he was so anti-Torah, but he still had inside of him that of the chamor, he wanted to bite those who studied the Torah. When he was able to break through that outer shell, that evil shell, and learn Torah, then he was able to, uh, you know, surround himself with that Dimyon uh, uh, of, of the Hamor, which is that of accepting accepting the yoke of the Torah and carrying and shouldering that that yoke upon him. Incredible Gemara, incredible explanation by the Ben Yishchai, quoting the Arizal. But what do we see over here? Along these lines, that a person who's so evil, you know, he has this, this hate for no reason. This hate towards Tamidei Chachamim. They hate innocent individuals. What do they do to you? They haven't even spoken a word to you in your life. And you go there and you just hate and you talk garbage about them and you speak about them. This is what your whole life is filled with. This was actually Rabbi Akiva before he became Rabbi Akiva. This was, uh, you know, I want to break their bones. I, I even hear the word Rabbi. I'm not interested. I I, I despise them. This is what, what Rabbi Rabbenu Yonah explains the innocent one without cause we're gonna come we're gonna ambush them this is what the evil doers seek like the grave let us swallow them alive you know, on simple terms by robbing the victims of their material wealth then we make them non-existent like the dead. Right? We know that uh, the, the, the severity of robbery, when a person takes everything that, that a person owns from someone, you left him for dead. He's uh, a poor person. Uh, so Chachamim are comparing it uh, to robbery. Rav Chaim again, we mentioned him earlier in the Shi'or. He defines life as the ability uh, to give. And when a person has nothing to give in his life, when he is so poor that he cannot give, the poverty sorry nullifies that vital life force of the individual as is, is Kilu uh, Kilu is met. Continuing Pasukyu Gimel again. Kolhon ya nimsa nemale batenu shalal. We will find all the precious wealth. We will fill our houses with booty. The mambim explains that the hon, the wealth here refers to the gold and silver, and the shalal refers to the other possessions. The criminals that are going to steal all the the possessions of this innocent individual will divide all the spoils for their own use. But the gold and the silver, that will be deposited in a communal treasury. Now it's not just for themselves. It's they're stealing money for the benefit of the community. They're they're making themselves, they're glorifying themselves. Look, you know those people that steal money and then donate it to build for for charitable purposes. That's that, that structure, that building, whatever you made, was built with with evil. It was built with tumah, it was built with robbery. You're going to see no berachah from that building. There are many, many individuals that do this. They rob, they, they uh, you know, insider trading on and, and, and stocks, and they, they steal all this money, fraud, and then they go and they donate to charity. You think there's any berachah from that charity? This is what we're saying here. Colonia shalal. <laughs> They're first going to keep some for themselves and then they're going to give it to the community and say, look, this is for you guys. Look what a tzaddik I am. This is all the enticing of the sin, of the sinners trying to get the innocent ones. (laughs) Cast your lot among us. There will be one pouch for all of us. So again, this is in connection to the previous one. You just do what you, what what we tell you to do. You come and join us. You be part of the of the murdering club. You be part of the fraud club. You be part of this, and don't worry. You're gonna have your portion. We're gonna make sure that we we take care of you in your uh, uh, in your in your in, in your endeavor in joi, in joining us. Um, that's how the Maldim explains this. So now Shlomo Amelech says. He says the warning to avoid their ways. Now now, what well, we know what they're going to tell you and all these things. Now he says again, Benny, my son, In Pasuk Tetvav he says, My child, again we mentioned last week, with all this we're still, he's still referring to him as my child. It's always my child. Uh, Do not walk on the way with them. Restrain your foot from their... Uh, from their pathway. So this refers to do, two distinct situations. On one hand, do not walk on the way with them refers to the ambush that was suggested by the sinners, the bloodshed and the plunder and the robbery. Do not join them on this course. Don't follow them. But then the Pasuk says, Restrain your foot from their pathway. That warns the people that even if if they what they seem to be involved in legitimate business, you have to stay away from them. You know, staying away from the Reshaim involves even when technically they're doing kosher things, you need to stay away. Because they are sinners, because they are people that are, are surrounded with Averot, they will entice you. There will come an opportunity where they're gonna tell you, do this, it's kosher. Okay, you're gonna join to them, and then next time it won't be as kosher. Uh, if you hear the if you hear their evil plea, and do not protest, then you will be punished for associating yourself with them. That's why he says We also have the obligation, as we know in the Torah, Parashat Kedoshim, We have the commandment from the Torah to reprove your fellow, and and, and the Rambam writes in Hichodeot that if a person has the ability to protest against his friend uh, uh, who did incorrectly, who did an Averah, and you do not do so, the Rambam writes, he will be punished for that action. You have that responsibility. So therefore, Rabbeinu Yonah says that an individual will be punished for his association with (laughs) the wicked. Why? Because (laughs) you should have done something to stop that. You should have prevented them from getting there. Uh, 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 the the uh and we see many examples of this in the in the Tanakh of, of righteous people who were punished as a result for not putting a stop or a halt to the ways of the wicked. Notice that the word there's two words being used here for uh path. We have the word derech, beni, al telech, baderech, my son, my son, don't go. On the path with them. And then we see netiv. Netiv is is the netivotea shalom. Netiv also is a path. Derech is a wider path. Netiv is a smaller conduit that leads to the main road. We'll call it a side road. Meaning not only can you not join the wicked on the main roads, on the things that are obvious, but even when you walk alone, restrain your feet. From treading upon the small path, uh, because even those lead to the main road. And notice that uh, some people pay attention uh, to the to the nekuda here, the nikud on the word bederech. Beni Al Telech Bederech itam. If it would have said Baderech, it would have meant, my son, don't walk on the path, the path of evil. But here it's bederech is any path. Al Telech Bederech itam on any path. You should avoid. Even again, like we said, if it was Kashed, you want to avoid it because you never know where it's gonna to lead to. Now that he's given us the warning and what of what they're going to say, then Shlomo HaMelech is telling us in the next few Pesukim what these disastrous consequences are. Pasuk Tedzain writes Lara Yarutsu Vimaharu dam," for their feet run to evil. And they hasten to spill blood. Now, continuing the theme of what we mentioned in the previous pasuk, Shlomo Melech is telling us why we need to avoid the uh, not only the, the the deeds, the actions of the sinners, but even in any other actions, even if it was if it was kasher, because sinners are always poised to sin. They're poised to rob. They're poised to harm. And to bring evil upon others, and even when they're not actively committing such crimes, but since their their orientation, their whole life is is towards uh, violent behavior and that of uh, chataim, so when an opportunity comes to sin, when opportunity comes to steal or to do harm to others. Their feet will run to evil, says Shlomo Amelech. Kira Glehem Lara You may not see it now, but when it comes, you're gonna see how fast they're gonna to dart to those situations. Shlomo Amelech is warning us against the blandishments of the Reshaim, that their actions contradict. There are sweet words of enticement. When they were telling you, they were telling you, sweetly, come, be a part of it, join us, we'll hug, we'll have a drink, it's going to be nice, da-da-da. But when it actually comes to the actions, they're going to run. It's going to be so harsh, it's going to put you in shock. Don't be fooled from that. When you see their feet run to evil, uh, it it can't be. Remember that they are going to hasten, vimaharu lishpokhdav. If they really, really were scared, would they run? Would they, would they hasten to spill blood? So that says the, the Vilna Gaon. Kichinam mezora harashet. So Amalech in Pasuk Yud says, for the net seems spread out, be'enay kol ba'al kanaf in the eyes of every winged creature. Now birds are special. Uh, you know, anyone that's been in a park and have seagulls flying around them, you know, you throw some bread and all of a sudden you got dozens and dozens of seagulls coming from almost, it seems to be from every corner of the globe coming to eat your bread, right? They love food, but the bird who sees wheat, the bird who sees, uh, uh, bread spread out on a net, it thinks that it's there for him to take, right? It's free bread not realizing why the net was placed there to begin with. Ki chinam mezora The net seems spread out with free chinam as bait. Torashi so says. The birds approach the net to eat and are going to be trapped by thinking that the criminals want to get you rich, by thinking that the criminals are going to help you in, in your drive to whatever it is they're, they're pulling you on whatever path, Native or derech, that they're pulling you on, you are like the birds who think that you're just going to go eat some food, but you don't realize that there's a net underneath. You don't realize that the net was there set as a trap. Um, that's that's what it is. Rabbi Yona Rabbi has a slightly different interpretation. He explains the net as a metaphor for justice, divine justice, which is going to be meted out in um, at the end of days, uh, at the end of our days, at Me'av when we go to Shamayim, bedin shel That's why it says in Perkei Avot, Metsuda perusa al kol HaHayim. There's a net spread out over all the living. And just like the Rabbi Yonah explained, just like a hungry bird refuses to recognize that there's a net below that bread that, that is going to trap him, so too a man under the spell of his desires, the fact that he is so trapped in his ta'abot, he doesn't believe, he cannot come to the realization that his actions are constantly being watched, that they're constantly being observed and weighed by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And as soon as the person sins, uh, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, 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 is marking it down. And only through his infinite mercy does he not punish him uh, uh, immediately. This is the mashal or the nimshal of the trap of the, the, the mishle, this mashal arashet kol balkanaf. in the eyes of every winged creature uh, we don't realize that there's a trap beneath us that divine justice is waiting to be served and we just think it as free food. Okay, I can go, I can sin, I can steal, I can speak La Lashonara, I can do this, I can talk bad about my friend, uh, I won't give charity, I won't give my ma'aseh, I won't do this mitzvah, it's all good, nothing's going to happen to me. It's free food, it's free life, it's a free world, right? I can do what I want. How many times have you heard that in your life, right? Don't tell me what to do. It's free country. I can do what I want. That's what he's telling you. That's what you think is free, right? Is bait. That's what the Resha'im are trying to entice you. But they, the hunters, they wait in ambush for their blood and lurk for their souls. The hunters who are the ones spreading out the net, they're just waiting for you to jump in. They're waiting for you to grab that free bread and then they'll pull the net and then you're trapped. The robbers not only wait in in ambush, not only for the blood of their intended victims, but ultimately for their own blood. That's what Rabbi Yonah is is referring to. This pasuk, the hemlet damam yerovu, wait in ambush for their blood, it's talking about their own blood. Because in the end, in the end, once you're steeped so deep in in evil, in the end, it is a a self-defeating quality of evil. It will car and wipe you away from this earth. Such are the ways of all the despoilers. They take the soul of wealth owners. The attitude of the ganav, the attitude of the thief, is analogous to the, that of birds, as we said. The item he robs is so alluring that he assumes that that he's free, but ultimately. It's going to take his life. The bird will be trapped, and then he's going to be dinner for someone uh, that night or the next night. The robber, he's termed the owner of the wealth, the owner of this, the money that he stole, because you think it's rightfully yours. You thought it was free. And that's what the Chachamim are saying here. Robbery takes the life of the robber, right? You look at all the looters. In the Again, we bring up the looters again. In the previous weeks, Right? These people going in, they never stop to think that this is mine. No, this is rightfully mine. And they'll make up every excuse. Black lives matter, so that's why I can break into a store and take whatever I want. This is mine. Black lives matter, so I can seal. Black lives matter, so it's mine. One has nothing to do with the other. Yes, black lives matter. Yes, all lives matter. No one is denying that. But that doesn't give you a right to seal. And therefore, it's not yours. And you cannot make yourself believe that it's yours. Ultimately, it will lead to your downfall. The enormity of distractiveness uh, inherent in robbery, in stealing, you know, is clearly seen in the generation of the mabul, the generation of the flood. You know, the, the Chachamim say that the generation of the flood was so horrible that they transgressed all the sins possible. Yet... They were only considered the generation of Hamas. Their generation of, of, of robbery. Their fate was sealed because of uh, of robbery, and that's why a person when, in a generation where there is uh, uh, tremendous amounts of of robbery that is that it, it makes that a total breakdown in human uh, relations, and therefore when there is a breakdown. Uh, in communication, in basic communication between what is mine and what's yours, and you have to understand that this belongs to me, and I have to understand that belongs to you. When there's a breakdown in that, nothing can be saved. And that's the reason why stealing is one of the Ten Commandments, one of the most important commandments, obviously, because when there's no understanding of what is mine, is mine, and what's yours, is yours, then uh, then the, the society can, cannot, cannot exist. And the Chachamim teach that a person who steals anything... A value from his friend, is, is deemed to have taken his very soul. Uh, th- that is the severity of, of robbery. The truth is, those that know the story of David and Bathsheba, the infamous story where David took Bathsheba a little bit uh, too early and uh, and had Uriah, which was Bathsheba's husband, killed on the battlefront, the story goes that the prophet Natan presented David Amelech when he came to rebuke him, he presented him a hypothetical case of a rich man, that rich man being David, who robbed a poor man, the poor man being Uriah, of his one and only lamb. His one and only lamb. Who was the lamb? That was bacheva And wh- what would you do, David, in this case? And David responds to Natan, any man who does this deserves to die. David HaMelech said that. You steal the only thing that a, that a man has, you deserve to die. So we see robbery. Uh, has that, it's like, you're taking away the soul. That's how, how severe the Chachamim uh, uh, think of that. Now, why David didn't die, even though he kind of cursed himself, that's for another time. But nevertheless, we see what a person does, in essence, when he when he robs an individual. When you are there, you are, They take the soul of the wealth's owners. They think of it themselves. They don't even have a soul left. Because you grabbed it, this is the uh, 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 horrible, drastic, uh, disastrous consequences that will come as a result of you going and causing bloodshed and causing robbery. The Vilna Gaon says that these sukim are a metaphor for the Yetzer Hara, which tries to entice a person to sin by pretending to mean for to mean good. Uh, when, For example, uh, it will convince a person that anger is good. I have a right to be angry. He did this to me so I can get upset with him. He told me to be quiet and chul. So I'm going to get upset with him and I'm going to yell at him. And I have every right to be angry. Um, uh, or, or it's good to be angry because I need to be angry at the, 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 the Um It's okay to be jealous. Um, and, and we'll find reasons why it's okay to be jealous. But how can the Yetzirah mean his good if its true intention is to annihilate the innocent one, to annihilate the victim here, not only in this world and this world to come. In the end, what are you taking from him? You're taking his soul. You're taking everything that he has. So it is our job to open our eyes, whether it is to the Yetzirah, as the Vilna Gaon says, or the physical bodies of those who are evil, who are enticing us to try to do evil, to do harm, to lead us on the wrong derech, on the wrong nativ. It is our job and obligation to open our eyes and say, I am not going to follow. I am going to do what I can to stay away. I'm not even going to engage in conversations, right? And Because if, if I engage in conversations, like the sons of Yaakov, I may start to believe, I may start to think, I may start to rationalize with what Esau is saying. We need Sometimes we need to be like Dan, Hushim ben Dan. Who can hear? What? What? What are you saying? What's this guy saying? I can't understand anything. What? Kill him! He want to stop my grandfather from burying. I'm not putting up with that. There's no way. We've got to put our foot down when it comes to these things. We're not even going on a stroll. And only then, so only then can we begin to see the knowledge and the wisdom that HaKadosh Baruch Hu showers down upon us. We will continue this series of classes next week. With more Meshalim of Shlomo HaMelech, thank you everyone for joining us tonight. Have a wonderful evening.